Hey everyone, welcome to the Good Job Podcast. This is Deepa. Welcome to episode 10. Episode 010. 2015 is almost over and the podcast is still here. And now I'm put, this is episode 10. I am amazed and very grateful that I still have people listening and that the audience has slowly been growing and that I've been getting such positive feedback. I really appreciate it. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I hope you I hope you stay. And uh, for those of you that have continued to come back, thank you. So this episode is with me and DJ Reka. If you're not familiar with DJ Reka, she is basically a boss chick. She's a DJ. She's a producer. Um, she has basically created this institution called Basement Bhangra. And if you haven't heard of it, Basement Bhangra started out as this monthly Bhangra party, which sounds simple, but when she started it, there was nothing like it. Like now, Punjabi music and Bhangra music has like kind of gotten big on the world scene. You know, a lot of hip hop artists have gotten familiar with this. They might sample from it or they might work with Punjabi artists. But when Rekha started Basement Bhangra, there was nothing like it. There was no place where, you know, if you were in your 20s, you could go party in the club in New York and, and hear your people's music and ha- and just dance freely to Bhangra. Like, there was, there was nothing like that. So if you don't realize how big of a deal it is, it is a big deal. Rekha has taken this party all over the world. She's also, you know, produced... Uh, an album called DJ Reka Presents Basement Bhangra, which was an awesome mix CD with um, original tracks and artists anywhere from like Bikram Singh to Wyclef Jean. And she, you know, took from a lot of different musical traditions and rhythms for that album. You know, she also has helped curate um, music exhibits that have come here to New York she has, um, and that's something we talk about on the podcast, so if you're interested, um, and she just was so much fun to talk to, we, we just hung out, we, she, Reka was very kind to host me in her office, we had some tea from the place next door, and hung out, we talked about food, we talked about music, and, um, it was, it was, it was really nice getting to know her, she was a lot of fun, and she also let me take a peek at her really baller, really baller record collection. Uh, I'll be posting up a picture of that on Instagram and a couple of pictures that I was able to take with her. But so this episode was recorded a few weeks ago. And so at the time, Rika was going to London to perform. And now she's already come back. But there is an event that she's having. If you are hearing this before December 25th and you're in the New York metro area, check out her party, her party called Bollywood Disco. It's going to be at La Poisson Rouge, Friday, December 25th. If you celebrate Christmas or don't, and either way, if you need something fun to do that night, go. I've been to the Bollywood Disco party as well. And it's just, it's just like classic... Bollywood tracks, a good, a good club vibe. Just go. Why wouldn't you? Do you not want to have fun? Like, do you not enjoy smiling and laughing and and listening to good music? Check it out. 
Um, you can find Rekha's podcast. She has a music podcast as well called Bangra and Beyond. You can find it on BreakthroughRadio.com. You can find it on iTunes. And you can find her social media stuff at DJ Rekha on all the platforms. On Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, etc. And, oh, and I started a Facebook page for the podcast recently. Facebook.com slash... Good job podcast. Just straight good job podcast. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and now Snapchat at Good Job Podcast. You can email me at goodjobpodcast.com. Um, good job podcast, good job podcast, good job podcast. If you're not already sick of me hearing it, as uh, sick of hearing me say it. Anyway, um, this is me and DJ Reka, episode 10 of the Good Job Podcast. Enjoy. This is the Good Job Podcast. We haven't, like, we don't know each other very well, but we met. But a I know of who time. you yeah, are. Yeah, like I know who you are. Twitter. We met a bunch of times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like basic programs play like <laughs> an institute, like a, an important part of my life. In various stories. Mine too. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I still, that's how I date myself with people. I'm like, oh, yeah, me, I remember the me, like, me like, 50th anniversary party. Oh, I, I could like annotate basement in so many different ways. Sure. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and, like I, I was just talking to, I was just talking to somebody that I met there. Mm-hmm. And so we were like reliving the night. And mm-hmm. we were going through like, had this happen, I met this person, and this is how I met you, and, um, cause that was... I wish it wasn't such a blur to me, oh. uh, you know, like, the different eras, in terms of eras for me are, you know, marked by DJs, or music, or... Yeah. Friends I had then, or people I was hooking up, you know, like, <laughs> all that stuff is, like, part of the experience. Oh, and, absolutely. And it's just, like... I just keep meeting hordes of people that have been there that were there, and I'm like, why didn't I know you then? Why didn't I remember you? Like, what was I doing? Like, but that's the thing. Like, like I met you before you and I started. Like, before you started being able to recognize me, like we met a few times. Hey man, apologies. It takes a while. No, it takes. And and also, I meet meet a a lot of people. I meet a lot of people, dark and drunk. Yeah, (laughs) it's in a in in a club. Context is very (laughs) right. Tough, and so. But it was just funny because whenever we talk about stories from like college or post college, like so many stories. Where did you go to college? Did you go to Rutgers? Oh, you went to Rutgers. Went to Rutgers, and then I started going to basement when I was twenty. Right. I mean, twenty-one. No, whatever. whatever. I was twenty. I didn't drink. I was Mm -hmm. using somebody else's ID. Hey, got got away with it. It's like a lot. Is a. It's a. I think the statute of limitations is expired. If there is, if I did anything wrong, I'm fine. You're the attorney. You just admitted to. <laughs> yeah, well, it's that. I mean, it's like you know, certain things that it doesn't expire. This, I think, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to come get me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like so many things in our lives were marked by like, basement bar and like, like that. Actually, that specific party, the fifth anniversary party, was like one of the at the Roxy. Oh, so much fun! It was one of the best parties. It's a legendary night. I mean, it is in so many ways, and I think like. I look at I have I don't have very good documentation of that night, but um, 
I have bits and pieces, and I look at the pictures, and I see random people in the picture. I'm like, well, I love that you have pictures. We <laughs> barely. When when my friends and I talk about it, we're just, we're like things are so different now because now I was like, no, nah, there were there were a lot of girls. No, there were a lot of girls at the party. Mm-hmm. And then we rolled in some weird promo for like American Chai. It was my birthday. Yeah. We had a, I was cutting my birthday cake too. My parents were there. It was a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, it was Stole Foundation, and then Suffrey performed, and he hasn't hit has a new album out. Um, and then he was like performing his old songs too, and yeah, a lot of ridiculous stuff ended up happening that night. Oh, he still he still hits me up based on that gig. Really? Yeah, he just messaged me the other day. Does he still, I mean, like, I know a lot of the old guys, older guys in the UK still perform regularly. Does he still perform regularly? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, he does. He said he was going to be in Cali for a gig and he was trying to, you know, hook up other gigs. Somebody must have brought him out there. Yeah, I don't know how that would go now. But I remember at the time, because he'd still had a new album out, like, he had something to promote. And then, uh... Yeah, that was a lot of insanity that night. And then That was two thousand and two. Oh my god, I'm so old. I'm so much older than you, so you can't <laughs> But so we and that's the thing. I I look back at that pretty good party, but even just around that time period, we didn't have cameras mm-hmm. or camera phones, so we had, my friends and I had no pictures of that night. We had no cell phones, so how we all found each other at the end of the night. We didn't have know? cell phones? Probably I not. Didn't, I didn't have a cell phone. You might have had a cell phone. Maybe I had a pager. Yeah, I like, I got, I got one I, right I went from pager that. to cell phone. Yeah, I think I got one, like, maybe... If I had one, then not all of us had it. But, mm-hmm. like, it was, like, it wasn't everywhere It wasn't yet. ubiquitous then. Yeah. But uh-huh. it was... Yeah, so I'm like, how do we... Fun- now you can't even get down the street without your cell uh-huh. phone. Without no, of and, course. Uh, the basement has been... Um, especially when I was... In, and I'm not obviously college anymore but when I was in college did you ever go to mutiny yes I went to mutiny once mm-hmm. and then Bollywood disco yeah. you throw a lot of parties I know <laughs> not as and many as that's, I that's your, I mean that's your business so you should I, it's, yeah but it was like yeah I have been to mutiny no there was a moment when it was like mutiny basement Bollywood every yeah. month yeah and, and then gigs yeah, and I miss those days. Those were fun. They're still, but see, okay, so I'm going to take, uh, I, I, people say that, and they, they ask me sometimes, oh my God, I used to, I, I'm like, what's stopping you? I'm still oh, doing no. it. Oh no, now it's still, it's legitimately just a matter of being lazy and needing more sleep, and then most of the people that I would have partied with. Don't party in the same way. They they either live far away now, married kids, young parents, and I'm in that weird space where I don't have kids yet, but I also like my friends are in two extremes. So they either party like four nights a week, five nights a week, <laughs> they're out all the time, uh, or they don't party at all because they've got like less. And now I'm just relegated to dance parties at home and <laughs> dancing by myself. <laughs> But I don't know that I've ever. Do you dance? I normally I see behind, yeah. I see behind the booth, but I don't. Oh see. no, man! You never trust a DJ that doesn't dance. Of course <laughs> I dance. I love to dance. I love to go out and listen to music. I might need a few drinks first, but yeah, no, I love dancing. Okay. I mean, name? I'm not great at it, but I, I can get by. Nobody knows in the dark. <laughs> Nobody. Knows. It doesn't matter either. Were you at the tenure at Hammerstein? 
No. Okay. I didn't I danced on stage with the dance instructors. Wow. We did a routine. Yeah. They got me. They roped me in. That's like awesome. as a special at the end of the dance lesson. <laughs> that must have been... I hope you have a video of that. I danced also... Uh, you know, there was so much video taken of that event. Mm-hmm. And nobody has it. Like, it was taken... It was like partly taken by the venue. They co-produced it. I never saw it. I think... My friend has some footage of that. It's that is my weakest link: documentation, follow through, final. Um, I danced. Uh, I did this uh, thing for uh, archive and recorded whatever music stuff. We did this attempt of world Guinness Book World Record largest mm-hmm. continuous bhangra dance. Uh, dance. I danced there too on the stage. Okay. Yeah, there's some footage of behind of me learning. But I like that you can mark it. You're like this one time and this other time. No, I mean I always dance. I always I always dance at basement in hand all the time. Nice. So you, um, when we went to, and I remember you told me before when we went to go to tea, you also said you're really particular about how you take your tea. Absolutely. How do you? Well, I don't like milk. Okay. So the biggest thing about chai and cha is that. A lot of daisies think it needs to be very milky. Mm-hmm. And do you do it more like British style? It's like a little, little, little drop. I don't put any milk in. Okay. Like so when I like take tea. when I take Lipton tea. No, I, when I take like tea bag tea, no milk. I make chai too. I make it very. I make it at home. Masala, ginger, everything. I just don't put that much milk. It's more like okay. I would call it deli style, where you put a little bit of milk, but you don't put a lot. Gotcha. So I think usually that's like. The point of departure, and I don't like to buy tea out like cha outside. Like I won't go to like Punjabi Deli and buy tea because if it's brewed too long, mm-hmm. it has that funky taste with the milk in it. Oh, I, yeah, I like mine really strong, but I like it. I like it with a lot of milk, but I like it like stewed, like it's yeah. Been so, for a while. so I, that that's I can't I can't. It's the milk is the problem, and then the, the how then it's like a lot of like when people make tea with. Um, they make the loose tea bag teas, mm-hmm. like the Indian teas, and they, that's really strong plus yeah. the milk. Or I'm I'm used to Tetley and Lip, Lipton, that's but right. I make I make serious chai though at home. And you gotta have, say, like people have uh, I've gotten some compliments. Do you have your own like masala? Yep, my mom makes it for me. That's, that's really cute. <laughs> yep, I'm like running low. I get a new batch. Yeah, so I make it with mom's masala and uh, fresh ginger. That's awesome. I'm very. It's very rare that I'll take ginger in my. Like if I'm just making it for myself and mm-hmm. it's like soft and lachi. And I mean, it's... ginger's a luxury and it's a pain. Like growing up, we used to just put a lachi, but the uh, this the mom's mix is a lachi, soft, uh, and uh, uh, cinnamon. Okay. So no, no uh, clove. No, I hate. I don't like clove in the tea. It's too much. To some like people, it. that's why some, I don't have. That's why I don't have tea at Gurdwara because there's always that. There's like a heavy. No matter which Gurdwara you go to, people love throwing clove in there. I don't like long. You know, I don't like it. Um, yeah. So it's sanf, elaichi, uh, cinnamon, and then don't always and ideally fresh ginger. Do you put sugar in your tea? Separate. Everyone in my household takes different sugar, so it's like a la carte. I put sugar. Yeah. And I stopped putting, um, my fa- yeah, same like, with my Like, family. some people make tea with the sugar, and because everyone in my household takes various amounts mm-hmm. of sugar, from zero to, at one point I was taking a lot. I can't agree on that. Yeah. 
and then my friend, like my friend Bushra uh, Raymond, who's, I don't know if you know her, she's a writer, wrote Corona. We have a joke, because like, if I ever make tea, they like, her and her sister side, they like separate their tea, add more milk, they make fun of me, you know? Yeah, that's how we have to do it when we have like extra family members over, because then my immediate family, everybody takes different sugars, but extended family, everybody takes, some want like one dip of the tea bag, some want it in the microwave, some want it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I find more and more, uh, like, people make it, it's the separate tea. The only, I also love the... The only time I'll, I'll tend to get outside cha is if I get like that Kashmiri cha. Cause then With I, the butter in it? No, like the pink cha. I don't know what that is. I'll drink, I like uh, Afghani tea. Uh oh. It's very light, it's got a, it's like cardamom tea. It's, it's really Like good. kava? Mm, I don't know what kava is. Well, so there, there's two kinds of kava. Like Arabic kava is like coffee, but like um, India, I don't know if Afghanistan is the same way, but India, if you say kava, it's basically like a very weak tea but mm-hmm. they, they have like they'll serve it in those long glasses and mm-hmm. have like latte yeah maybe like that I think so I think that's what it is the, the Kashmiri cha though it's like I don't think you would like it because if you don't like a lot of milk but well it, it's like this pink Tibetan and Kashmiri cha they put butter in it oh no I haven't had it with butter I've had that it where it's like really gross yeah I mean I don't know people drink bullet coffee now what's that bullet coffee they'll like they'll blend their coffee with grass-fed butter that sounds so it disgusting. sounds it's not my thing, but people do. I mean, it. I like, like oh, butter. It gives you all this like energy. I like butter to the point of I could either like ice cream, but I don't ever want it in a hot beverage. Yeah, <laughs> some people are like oh, if you blend it, it makes it like creamy, and you get all this energy. But um, no. the Kashmiri cha I've had is basically like a green tea, and then they it's they add like a pinch of salt to it, but it's been stewed so long that whatever else they put in, I think they put in like baking soda or something, and it chemically changes and makes it pink. Mm. But it's like really rich, so it's yeah. good. It's a good wintertime drink. But from what you tell me of nope. your dairy preferences, no, would not be. I mean, I take my coffee black. I take most tea black unless it's made at home. And mm. I, Very tough. Just, just like you know, I just never. You're a simple lady. You just want no. Your, I, I just no. I never liked milk. I hate milk. So you do not do you not like dairy products? Period. No, I like. I love yogurt. I can eat rice pudding. I like ice cream, but I just don't like milk. <laughs> Do you like, uh, well, you said you like butter. Yeah, I like butter. I like cheese. cheese. Some cheeses, yeah. I'm a big che- I'm, I have a problem with cheese. Like, I, love I mean, I like some cheeses. Like, I don't like blue cheese. I'm not big on I like cheddar. Either. I like sort of the milder variety, brie, the, the creamy. You know, cheddar is awesome. Extra star cheddar. I don't like the sort of the more the the more like deeper blue cheese type things. I okay. I don't and I don't like goat cheese or something. Strong it's smelling. not strong. There's a certain kind of um, flavor node about the things I don't like that I think have a connection. What kind? Of, what other stuff do you not? Like? I don't like truffles. Okay. I don't like peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I don't peanuts like, or peanut butter? I like peanuts. I want to eat peanut butter. I don't like goat cheese. Um, huh. I don't like... The thing I hate the most are peas. That's the thing I hate the most. Like, They're the disgusting. Most. I hate peas to the point of I will sit and pick it. And as a daisy eating rice, is, it's a chest. You know, my, there's always full of peas. I mean, when I'm home, like my mom won't put peas in the rice. Same. My, but, mother's, my mother still tells the story of when 
I was like, she says six months old, but I don't think they were feeding me like rice and mutter mm-hmm. at that point. But she still tells the story of like when I was less than a year old, he would feed me mutter chavo, and I would like hold the mutter in the side of my mouth and eat the chavo and then spit out the mutter. Yeah, and I, I still feel it. that way. I will still sit there and dissect a samosa mm-hmm. and take the mutter out. Yeah, I like I love risotto, but if it's risotto with peas, I'm like, nah. Unless you can mix that. These are disgusting. Yeah, that's something. There's something. So I don't know if those things have any kind of thread to them, but and I love green vegetables, like all other kinds of green vegetables. Do you not do any kind of? It's like just green peas or like snow peas. I don't like any of that. What other kind of peas? I mean, like um. Like I like I don't like the flavor either, so I'm not gonna eat like split pea soup. Oh no! Like, and that was like so luxurious. Or you ever get a samosa and it happens to not have peas and it feels like your birthday? You're just like, oh my god, I'm so excited <laughs> that I don't have to touch the samosa anymore. Peas are disgusting. Uh, yeah, but I, I like most other green vegetables too, but it's just I've never liked them. Yeah, I really love broccoli like a lot. Like I, have a I think I like spinach more than broccoli. I love broccoli. I love cauliflower. I love green beans a lot. Green beans I eat a lot. Um, green beans and mushrooms I eat with like just about everything. I don't like mushrooms. Like I don't like truffles. Well, yeah, truffles you said. But I mean, like mush- mushrooms. M- well, truffles have a very strong flavor. I mean, mushrooms, like, I'm, I'm sort of learning to be more tolerant. Like, if it's in <laughs> something or it's flavoring something, I won't care. But, like, you know, sometimes you, you get... You don't like the texture? I just, I'm not a fan of the, the taste, yeah. Like, um, yeah, I, I'll avoid it. What is your, okay, if you're, like, not feeling well and you need one comfort food. Kitchery. Kitchery? 100%. Kitchery, uh, or chicken noodle soup. I love chicken noodle soup. Or grits. I like grits. Cheese grits. There's this place in Williamsburg that does like grits and eggs and it's just everything with cheese on top. <laughs> Do you make your own kitchen or is it mom's kitchen? No, I make it. I make it. Do you eat your kitchen with yogurt? And butter, yeah. And a char. Absolutely. It's the best. Yeah. I mean, I, I eat kitchen like a lot. Like, not even. <laughs> like, it's like in the fridge often, all the time. It's a good so sometimes it's like making steak for dinner, kitchery side, nothing to eat, kitchery yogurt. Yeah, like I do that with regular. Ch- I do that regular. Can also because you can eat it hot, and, hot or cold. Yeah. Um. So you know, kitchery is like a food staple for me. A number of years ago, my parents started doing shrimp with kitchery. Oh. It's re- like just sautéing shrimp and onions. And putting that, mixing that with the kitchen. I mean, it's kind of got that like risotto vibe where you yeah, can just like that grits, like that same flavor. The creamy, vial. carby. Yeah, I make risotto a lot too. So nice. Yeah, I don't cook much risotto. What else? What, what else do you do? You cook a lot. I say I not a lot. I mean, I go through waves. Sure. You know? If I'm busy a lot, I can't. But yeah, you enjoy cooking. I love you're capable, cooking. you can enjoy it. <laughs> I love it. I love cooking. I love cooking for an audience. I love having dinner parties. Uh, I have what I call my greatest hits, the things mm-hmm. that I cook. Yeah, what, what's Not a favorite? huge, not a huge... Uh, my greatest hits are my risotto. Mm-hmm. I make a chili lime shrimp dish. Okay. Um, 
lamb chops, mm-hmm. desi style and gringo style. Yeah. Pork loin. Uh, what else do I cook? Sog. Uh, now, what do you put chicken. in your sog? Do you just only put sog in or you mix other stuff in? Dude, I use bird's eyes packaged sog and it's like amazing. I don't even like do it old school where I like take the raw thing and cook it for 10 hours. <laughs> I use bird's eye packaged spinach chopped spinach and I do my magic and then I put a stick of butter in the end and oh, I blend amazing. it. amazing. And, it, and it's, it's like I've, get, I've gotten, you know, I will say with humility and modesty, a good round of compliments for it. <laughs> um, so what else do I make? Uh, lamb chops, I make chicken, you know, curry chicken. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean I generally can cook this and that. I was in a stir-fry Asian vegetable phase. I was making, like, mung, like uh, gluten-free stir-fry. <laughs> That's fun. Like getting mung. What does that involve? Well, it's basically you just find noodles that, that are, like, either made out of beans. So you just... What does it involve? Well, it what, involves... What, uh, what do you use instead of the soy sauce? Uh... Well, I use I use Thai red chili paste. Okay. Diluted, a lot of lime. Mm-hmm. I use fish sauce instead of soy sauce mm-hmm. to get it salt, and then a couple of the like like chili, lime, garlics. I just kind of mix it all together and see what happens. Nice. A lot of fresh ginger, you know, a lot of garlic, and the lime is the key. You know what? And I don't I don't People use, don't use coke. lime enough. I don't use coconut. Like, I don't make it like coconut milk. I just make it more of a stir-fry. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. I love using lime. And once I learned how to, like, use, uh, like, kefir lime leaves and stuff, too, mm. I, have, I have way too much... Um, what do you do with the leaves? Well, the leaves I'll use when I'm making, like, um, soups and stuff. Uh, or, or, like, if something brothy. Uh-huh. Because then it, it'll have, like, that lime flavor, but it's much more seeped it's, into It's the, subtle. Yeah, right. it's, it's, it's built into, like, the whole yeah. flavor. I make soups. Soup. I make soups, too. Like, broccoli, cream of broccoli. I love making... Chick- like, I love making a good tom yum, because mm-hmm. it's just very... I haven't... Gr- that seems sophisticated. I haven't done that. Well, I don't make, like, the paste from scratch, but I still... No, I buy that shit, though. Yeah. But the thing is, is the brand I like, it's harder and harder to find. Sure. And, uh, but I love the Thai red chili paste already pre-made. Yeah. But I always, you always have to jazz it up. So, like, the Tom Yum paste that I use, I always still have to add lime. lime oh, no, I always course. still have to add fish sauce. No, absolutely. You have to add, like, I always add fish sauce. I always add extra lime. Mm-hmm. I dilute it. I sort of make it a... And then I layer it when I cook it so that it's not all at once so that it keeps getting flavor. Okay, no more like that. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's getting me hungry. I know. Today? I was like, oh, I'm not going home yet, so like, I'm not cooking tonight. I know, but I, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Like, cooking is, is like, such a chore, and it requires such time management. And I think my mom was a registered nurse full-time, and she managed to get his food on the table every night. My dad didn't do shit when it came to dinner. <laughs> he just rolled up, you know? And and we didn't do that much either. Like, we complained about the little we had to do. Me, I have an older sister. Mm-hmm. But she just somehow managed it. It was like she cooked a little before, she cooked a little after, 
had a few leftovers, yeah, fresh rotis, yeah. fresh rotis every night. I mean, we were definitely schooled into how to make rotis, like, start to finish, like, atta, atta, roti, everything, you know? But still, like, yeah, they, I... They had some really I have multitasking skills that will never... No dependence. I make my own schedule. <laughs> I can't... I, I, you know, I, I, I feel so bad. I spent way more money on food outside. I don't even like it that much, you know? Yeah, okay. I, I feel like I'm going through the same thing lately. I'm like, oh, well, it'll be more convenient for me to get food outside, but then when I'll get it... I hate it. I hate it. I'll be it. like, this is so bland. It doesn't taste... I know if I cook it at home, I'll enjoy it more. But then you just... Like, yeah, and then, I, and, I, and then I feel bad, because like, I'm like, oh, man, I didn't cook this. It went bad. It's like, I can't get through a whole thing of celery. What I've ended up doing, my freezer is like, I've ended up portioning and freezing so much stuff. I can't, I'm not good with that freezer. I don't think I have Well, yeah, freezer. like I live on my own as well, so that's what I've ended up having to do. Because if I buy, if I find chicken on sale, I can't eat it all in the week. So I, I mean, I have a partner, so we, there's two of us, like, mostly, like, uh, figuring our food out. Mm-hmm. But it's still hard, because we're very busy. Sure. And, uh, you know, like, we have strategies, like... Okay, let's roast, let's poach a chicken, let's make a good soup for the week, let me use the meat Mm -hmm. to make some chicken salad, I do, oh, another dish, Indian chicken salad, Mm -hmm. you take poached cooked chicken, yogurt, and uh, hari chutney, that's your sauce, like pudina chutney, pudina chutney, and uh, dhania stalks, Mm -hmm. a little bit of uh, cucumber, seeded, Take the seeds out because you don't want anything to make it like more right. watery because yogurt will make it watery. Uh-huh. And celery. That sounds amazing. It's so good. It's so healthy. I mean, I love me my chicken salad with mayo, but you know that the other thing is so much healthier, right? Sure. And no, but it's so good. I mean, I mean, I don't even crave a carb with that. It's like so filling. But the chutney is one of those things that goes so well with oh everything. God. Cheese sandwiches we used to eat. Yes, potatoes. I was just talking about the chutney and like cucumber, cucumber, American cheese, craft singles, and bread. Like was like a staple. I love doing like a grilled cheese mm. with, and I'm not crazy about American cheese, but like I don't. Oh, like, American I don't cheese like is it. like it's made there. in a lab. It's terrible, yeah. but it's but, you know. It's, Grilled cheese, but when growing up, it was grilled cheese with American cheese and pudina chutney, or with like sriracha. My my now spice threshold is pretty minimal. So oh yeah, sriracha is like my. Um, I mean, I like per- sriracha for the flavor. Heat, it's perfect heat level but for with, me. No with, more. with with constraint, you know. Yeah, I can't do more than sriracha. My brother and dad actually grow um, ghost peppers and habaneros and make their own hot sauce. <laughs> I can't even be in the room yeah. when they're cooking that up because my yeah. eyes, like, just, just tearing. But they throw totally. that on everything. I'm like, sriracha is just perfect for me. Not yeah, I know anymore. people that are real spice junkies. I'm like, you're just killing the flavor of everything exactly. you Exactly. Yeah. If you can hear this dad. <sighs> I don't think he listens to it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I just, sriracha is like, just... Just good enough for me. But pudina chutney, you can put on a grilled cheese sandwich. You can mix it with sour cream. It makes an excellent dip for chips. Mm-hmm. You can mix it with potatoes and make pudina aloo. Oh, yeah. It's good with everything. I just got to make sure my food. Yeah. Okay, good. 
it's charged. I never know if it's going to charge when the laptop's <laughs> Well, mine is still open if you need to plug the USB Oh, no, it's working. It's charging up. In fact, let's put it in airplane mode so it'll charge more faster. You know that trick, right? I didn't know that. If you put the phone in airplane mode, it charges faster. Oh, nice. So you were saying you have your um, record collection housed in storage. Like, how? What's your record collection look like now? Like, um, what does it look like? It's about. 40 crates of 45 crates of records. It's not, for the amount of years I've been in the game, that's not a lot. And that's, most DJs have been in the game as long as me who started on vinyl have more. But I also have thousands and thousands of CDs. Mm -hmm. So, and like, it's like, and now I have so much music digitally. So I have like, I would say about 40 crates. <clears throat> and then uh, I have like a few, like maybe... I don't even know how many CDs because I have like in cases, out of cases, in wallets, in binders, like equal amount if you had to like thousands and thousands and thousands of CDs. That is awesome. I had just, so when I moved out, my parents, they had like this small, small collection of records that uh -huh. no, nobody listened to in like 20, 25 years. They've always been sitting there. I've always been staring at them. So when I moved out, I was like, I'm jacking them. And so I like, bought my first record player, and so then I've been slowly, slowly adding to my collection. But my parents, even though they don't, I mean, they enjoy music, but they don't listen to it in the same way I do, um, there's only really good ones in there. And now when I try to look for, like, it's so hard to find Daisy um, stuff on vinyl that's not super expensive. So yeah, you gotta know where to go. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, most of the vinyl has been picked over. Yeah. Like, if you started even 15, 10 years ago... Sure. There was remnants, there's leftovers, you could get it. Exactly. Now everything's picked over. Well, like. well, that's the thing. So, like, it's hard to find it now. It's hard to find anything good now. If I go somewhere where... The only way you can get it... Like, if you try to buy stuff, like, on... I mean, it depends. You can still get some things. You have to know where to go. I'm still learning about that stuff, but... It's harder to know where to go because, sure. like, more and more, like, the stuff is gone. And that's know? the thing. People that are going to know about it, they want they want to keep that. Well, yeah. No, up. that's definitely, like, you don't want to give away your trade secrets. Sure. But at the same time, all those places, we all know about, all 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 DJs that are crate diggers know about the same places sure. and, and things are picked over, you know? Right. So. But, but, like, my. But at the same time, like. People buy and sell records all the time, so things go in and out of circulation. That's the thing. Yeah. I don't want to sell any. I like the ones I have. I just want to, like, listen to more of this stuff. You just got to, like, keep your eyes and ears open. Like, you know. Like, well, I'll give I you... I started a, harassing old family members. I mean, one... That, that is actually one of the best ways to get... To build your collection mm -hmm. is, like... It's, if you find people who have shit lying around. Yeah. Um, my friends in the West Coast, uh, Anju and Steven, they're ridiculous crate diggers they have way more and their their genre tastes are broader they play, like really deep mm -hmm. and their house is just like florida ceiling mm -hmm. so they're on the west coast and uh they go to vancouver a lot or enough and they scored some dude's collection some daisy uncle's collection and it was like mint and they, I don't know what they paid for it, but they got, like, they just got a shit ton. 
And they go when they go to India, they go hard at Chor Bazaar and they buy like mad, mad shit. You know, it's like I'm at a point now where I'm like, I don't want more stuff. Oh yeah, no right. Like my tape collection is serious. Mm-hmm. My record collection is still relatively small, so that I'm now that's what I've kind of started keeping an eye out. And now, like when I travel, that's I'm gonna you know do that kind of digging. But my, I remember when you did, when you guys did the exhibit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What was it called again? Five Rivers to Five Boroughs. Yes, I and I and I bought the book. Oh, okay, cool. Because uh, <laughs> I was going through and I was like, I had this one and I had this one. It, it was like a point of pride because even when, even like a few years ago, in my mom's attic, we were going through like all the music we had. There were so many tapes that like. When you like, just even in the book that that um, was sold at the exhibit, I was like, "Oh, I got this one, this one, this one, this one." And my um, my car that I drive now, I bought a used car a couple of years ago. The selling point for the car for me was that there's a tape deck. I have a tape deck in my car, and too. I can still so I can still pull out every time I go to my mom, like every so often. When you I you know, says, I switch I switch my tapes out. You might want to digitize them because once that I don't want to say like go out of dust. Once they break, well, a lot of them I have. Most of that stuff on digital anyway, but I, I have rebought it. most of my music digitally. I've not converted it, and it sucks. So sometimes I'll be DJing or be like working on a radio show, and I know I got the record somewhere, mm-hmm. and I just buy it because opportunity cost. It's like the amount of time it'll take me to import the record, right? And you know the sound and the clarity. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a compressed MP3, it's fine for my purposes. It's like I'll just buy it. Sure. Uh, and so, like, if you think about it, I've, like, rebought my whole, so much of the stuff I play, like, rebought it. Well, because it also depends on how you want to listen to it, right, and what you're using it for. So, like, I have a ton of music, uh, digital, but that's, I'm, like, I'm still using an old iPod, so I still listen to it on that. I still, you know, if I'm listening to something on my computer, but then when I'm home and I need something to cook to, and then I put my vinyl on, and then, you know, mm-hmm. it, it all depends on, you know, what you're what you're using it for, I guess, but I think that 92Y event was where we, like, properly talked, properly talked, for like a moment. I was like a headless chicken that day. (laughs) I don't know, that event is like, I try, I I wish, I felt like I didn't get enough love for what I was doing that day. Really? I felt like, no, I mean, I just, I mean, I don't want to try to be bitter, uh, but I just feel like, um, you know, that was something really unique. Uh, it was... It was a very special event. It was a very special event. And I just think the people that, like, do the Sick Film Festival in New York, or the people that, like, like... And I don't know, like... I just I just thought it would be, like, more rammed or more, like, more people there. And in my mind, I'm always, like, thinking it's going to be, like, a little bit more than, than, than it's there. You know, and I'm just like, this is so amazing. This is so special. This is so unique. Like, who does stuff like this, you know? And, yeah, like, you know, you throw, like... I don't know. I just felt like I... I, I, I and part of it is, like, resources, right? Like, just only so much can handle. Like, I had to, like, get everything digitized. And then I had to incorporate what they did. They had to come here. I mean, it was... You know, Punch Records put it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, which was great. Um, but... 
you know, like, the Sick Film Festival in New York has, like, so many people show up. Sure. And this is a part of, like, it's not Sikh culture, but it's connected, you know? Uh, Punjabi culture or whatever and you would think that more people would come and you know part of it might be location and all that stuff and, and maybe it's location you know and it's just like even like reaching out to like school teams or whatever it's like people just I don't know <laughs> you know I think they're interesting everyone is like a little self involved you know I don't know yeah, well, I mean I think it also has to do with their interest right so the people that showed up to that event mm-hmm. were really in, like they were yeah, people no, that we had got, those tapes no, that, I know. That knew that music, that know the background of everything. Right, right. And so as I was saying, like, the, when we were talking about the um, Basement Floor on our fifth anniversary, I I mean, I have a lot of female Punjabi friends who listen to Punjabi music, mm-hmm. but I can't talk with, I can't talk, can't go shop deep. with them. Right, right. Because they don't know, mm-hmm. who, like, they don't know... They're not who, but like they don't know who Babuman sampled this melody from. Like, right, I'll right, know right, right. Because I listen to both tracks, they don't like. So you can't always talk shop with them. So that kind of event, I feel like, was, was like so niche mm-hmm. that like only certain people, even if more people knew about it, like. I mean, I think it was it, it functioned. I hope on on two levels. I think it functioned like w- the way we connected it here was we kind of looked at it as sort of more the South Asian party scene a little bit more sure. than specifically Bhangra. And some of the content that we supplied was basically, like, early pictures of that scene. So mm-hmm. we kind of took some, like, liberties in how to define what that was, you know? Um, and I've saved every flyer ever. You'll see when we'll take a walk to the to the other room. Nice. Um, I'm throwing away. And I know, like, it's going to hopefully have some value someday. I mean, I think it did in that exhibit. And Absolutely. Just, you know, archivally or whatever. Um, so, but I still have all the, the, there was, and it's about resources, it's like, you know, we were hoping maybe we could travel it, or somebody else would take mm-hmm. it on, it's just like, you know, like, so I, I, I would have thought, even if you went to, like, concentrated Punjabi areas, I think, I I thought that that's something like that would Yeah, but, you know, there. the problem is, is like, you know, those areas, those whatevers, they're not very open, you know? Mm-hmm. Despite what I do, despite that, you know, one of the main mediums I work in is Bhangra music. You know, it's like there's still a lot of barriers to entry to conversation. Sure. You know, one of them is like my Punjabi is not like I'm not super fluent. Okay, the other thing is I'm a girl. The other thing is I'm queer. You know, like all these things don't help me. Mm. Right? So, um, I just think like, you know, the idea of like, it's just like it's like who's who's got the resources and the energy to like pursue people who are decision makers who can like take this and take it somewhere. I have all the content in my storage. Mm-hmm. This thing could potentially go somewhere else, but in terms of all the things I have to do to manage my life and my career, right? It's like oh my capacity, you know. And now that has that happened like four or five years ago, maybe. Um, so the kind of the the spark around it kind of died. I mean, we're talking to the IBC. Uh, I don't know. I forgot what happened. Yeah, it was just like bandwidth. You know, a lot of it is yeah. bandwidth. It's like, I don't have the bandwidth. And I don't, I'm not like, I can't like, like, that's really unfortunately what it is, you know. Sure, sure. And it's also like cultural value. It's like, we have some, I won't name them, some cultural institutions in New York that supposedly promote South Asian culture. But this aspect of our culture is not valued. You know, it's yeah. not highbrow enough, and it's not, like, valued. So, you know, like, 
there are other people in the community that if this was like a classical something or it had like certain brand name like affiliation mm -hmm. you know whatever i mean i got support to do this from uh an organization that does curation in the city that's not south asian sure you know like that's how I, it was it's a, it was a jewish spot 92nd Street Y, right. which, you know, that, that it's not uncomplicated for me personally, um, you know, because yeah. I had done other work in that I, space. So. I tended to see that as well, at least when it comes to specifically Bhangra and Gita music, like, I feel like there are certain, like, I, I've, I've danced Bhangra for, Gita for a long time, I've taught it for a long time, and I was teaching a Bhangra class in Jersey, and all, none, not one of my students was Punjabi. Mm -hmm. Because at least in Jersey, and I can't speak to the Punjabi communities anywhere else, but like, at least in Jersey, I didn't know Punjabi people who were going to pay money for a Bhangra class. Because they didn't play, they would, pay, would pay money for their kids to go to classical dance. Yeah, I mean, they don't, yeah, but they but also don't like, think they need to because they don't. Like, oh, we already know it. Yeah, I mean, but, that's but, definitely. But that comes to, you know, that comes to like the understanding of the dance and the music. They're like, well, we don't need to. Like you said, they don't value it in the same way. They're just like, oh, we already know it. We're, we're already connected to it, so we don't have to... We don't have to um, do anything further. Like, I mean, I think in general, pop culture, mass-consumed mass art has a hard time, you know, earning or respectability, sure. you know. I, or, like, you know, stature. I think that's just always going to be the case. And unless there's some distance from when it's created. So historically, looking back, one can say graffiti was a great art form, you know? But I grew up in the 70s and 80s in New York, and it was just seen as, you know, defacing public property. Right. <laughs> you know, so I mean, I think there's always just like that automatic thing, for sure. Mm. No, but even even an exhibit like that, I... Oh, yeah, that's fine. Just saying, we got like oh, a yeah. few more minutes. That's fine. If it's, that's okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Was there anything specific you wanted no, to discuss? No, 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 this, this was awesome. We can... We can I've um, never had an interview where they haven't asked me, like... Certain amount of, like, which I'm glad about, and I don't want to even suggest what they were. That's all good. What's it like being a female no, DJ? No, 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 I'm not going to answer. How did you start no. DJing? No, no, no. Google. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you know. Well, that, no, and that, that's, you know, that's part of the reason why when I, when I do this, I don't like to have those questions either, because it's really just me getting to know people and talking about stuff we like to talk about, which is exactly what we did. Cool. Um, so... Well then, we'll just we'll just wrap this up so I, we have like a couple of minutes cushion. You're on Twitter. What's your Twitter? Everything is at DJ Reka R E K H A. What are you on Twitter? Everything. I'm on everything. Insta. Are you on Twitter. Snapchat? I am. I don't do it much, but I'm on it. I've been on it for like two weeks, and it's already given me a headache. I don't like it. I I go in and out of it. And I don't <laughs> remember to do it. You know. Okay. Awesome. Um. I mean, I as soon as I something comes out, I try to get the the at DJ Reka connected to it, but. Uh, so then, um, Basin Bongo is always the first Thursday. Next one's December 3rd. And now it's still at, it's at Poisson Rouge now. La Poisson Rouge, yep. La Poisson Rouge. And, uh, Bollywood, Bollywood Disco, Disco Chris, Chris, well, Bollywood Disco, we're doing, it might have already happened by the time you hear this, we do it at Drome. We're doing it Friday of Thanksgiving weekend, but our annual Christmas night, Xmas night for Bollywood Disco is going to be at La Poisson Rouge. Okay. So that, I hope people don't get confused. But that's going to be at, at La Poisson Rouge. That's a big night. Because, like, Christmas. <laughs> Jews, off. Muslims, Hindus, atheists. 
do not celebrate. <laughs> so it's a day off, and this year it falls on a Friday, so we think it's going to be a party. great party. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Thank you. And that was the episode. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed sitting there chatting with Rika. Thank you again to Rika so much for having me in her office and uh, also showing me her awesome record collection. I still kind of can't get over it. It was pretty great. So follow DJ Rika on all your social media. You know you're on it anyway. You might as well. Don't act like, don't act like you're too cool for them. Add DJ Rayka, add me at Good Shot Podcast, and uh, be well. If you celebrate any holidays around this time of year, I hope you enjoy them. If you don't, I hope you enjoy your days off. And either way, uh, I will see you in 2016. Thank you so much. This has been the Good Job Podcast.